Blog Talk Radio. everyone and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. I'm your host Rose Jenez of Violet Rose Reiki and I would like to thank the founders of the Faker Network who have given me this opportunity to bring this show to the public now going on two years and uh, each Thursday we talk about all things Reiki we talk about uh, the history of Reiki, the founder of Reiki, Mikao Sui, its discovery and the practice and more. We have guests on who are professionals in the Reiki field. And we also have guests on who practice other modalities. We have um, all kinds of guests. We have authors, we have doctors, um, and it's a very interesting show. All things that Mikao Usui, the founder of Reiki, was interested when he walked here on the earth with us when he was alive. Uh, Mikao Usui had a very huge interest in all things metaphysical as well, and from time to time we will have psychics and mediums, etc. on the show. And um, Reiki, whether you know or not, is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, personal and spiritual development. If you'd like to call into the show tonight and ask my guest, Rick Bader, or myself a question, feel free to do so. The call-in number is 
677-0699. And as was stated at the outset of the show, my website is www.violetroseregi.com. If you'd like to give it a visit, I teach three methods of Reiki. One of them is the Japanese version of Reiki as taught in Japan, Komyo Reiki Kai. And I also teach Usui Reiki Ryoho and Karuna Reiki. If you have a question regarding Reiki, feel free to email me at rose at violetrosereiki.com. I welcome any questions or any inquiries or, or if you have any interest in Reiki, let me know. I'll help guide you. Sometimes people um, are looking for a Reiki practitioner. I would be more than happy to recommend one uh, if you like. You can also find me on Facebook as Violet Rose Reiki. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, um, other forms of social media. I can't keep up. There are so many coming out every day. <laughs> I just can't keep up with it. Um, on Facebook, I also have a page that is called Reiki Ward. Reiki Ward was formed almost three years ago now, and the intention was to be able to provide distance Reiki healing for free for humans and animals alike all over the world. So if you have a distance healing request for anyone, yourself, a family member, a friend, just go to Reiki Ward. You can search it on Facebook. Just type in Reiki Ward page or Reiki Ward, see what comes up. And you post your request there the same way you would on anyone else's page. And we will get to it as soon as we see it. Reiki Ward does two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. We also place these requests uh, on our healing grid, uh, crystal grid, for 24-7 energy work and healing. Right now, we have about five to 600 Reiki practitioners helping us out on Reiki Ward, and they're working every day sending Reiki to your requests. So don't be shy. Feel free to go to Reiki Ward and request healing for you or like I said, a family member or a friend. Tonight, my guest is Rick Bader, and Rick is an intuitive sound shaman, a Reiki practitioner, an audio engineer, music producer, and drummer from New York. Rick creates intuitive channeled healing music that combines ancient and modern sound healing modalities with a blend of ambient soundscapes, science, and organic instruments. Rick's writing process is intuitive. Through various meditation, Reiki, shamanistic, and Akashic record techniques, he acts as a clear channel for the healing sounds to be channeled from guides, angels, ascended masters, and allowing the frequencies, vibrations, and energy to heal on an energetic, physical, and cellular level for the listener. Currently, Rick performs live sound healing, Reiki, and meditation groups in various locations in New York. Rick has also recently started a sound healing radio called Prana Sounds. The show is designed to help others heal through sound via live guided meditation, sound healing music, 
and discussion. Um, you can find Rick on Facebook. You can also find Rick at www.pranasoundstudio.com. And you can also find his music and him on soundcloud.com, Rick Bader. So that's Rick, B-A-T-Y-R. And you have some of his music on there as well. So um, those are the places you can find Rick. And we are going to connect with him. Let me see if there's anything else I have to get to. Uh, just briefly so you all know and announce this at the beginning of the show so no one misses it and I don't forget it. <laughs> I don't think I will. But next week I am having as my guest, and I'm very honored, Dr. Sheldon Mark Feldman. Dr. Feldman is the chief Division of Breast Surgery, Vivian L. Milstein, Associate Professor of Clinical Surgery at Columbia University College of Physicians and Surgeons. And that's going to be a great show. I would advise you, do whatever you have to do. Don't miss that blockbuster show that's coming your way. And now, without further ado, we will get to Rick. Hi, Rick. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I had to stop listening to the third eye chakra meditation to start the show. <laughs> oh, nice. Thank you. But I'm disappointed because I was really getting into that. It was great. So how are you doing <laughs> this you. evening? I'm doing great. How are you? Very good. So now we have a lot to talk about here. Um, yes, we do. <laughs> because which came first, the 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 shamanic music healing person or the Reiki practitioner? The Reiki practitioner came first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So tell us how you, you came to Reiki and how you were attracted to Reiki. What led you? What led me was actually my fiance. She's a Reiki master teacher. Um, so when we met, she had introduced me to Reiki and attuned me, and I went through that process. And learning Reiki really opened up a whole plethora of doors for me. I'm working with energy and doing Reiki every day and meditating more. It started to create this whole energy that really helped me to tap in to things I was doing musically, which is a huge, huge, amazing experience. And that's kind of where it really started to snowball for me was incorporating Reiki and learning how to channel and putting that into the music that I was creating. I think that's the biggest, um, the biggest open door for me was, was learning Reiki. Wow. Great. Yeah. A lot of people have had that experience with Reiki where they start doing Reiki and it opens up a lot of things. It opens up doors for them that they never really even thought of before the Reiki to even knock on, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So great. Definitely an amazing experience, yeah. And I know, I don't know if you find this, but a lot of people, you know, you have the different modalities, but a lot of people don't think of sound or of music as a healing modality. Yeah, it's, but, it's definitely true. And it's But it's coming alive right now. I think we're seeing more and more of um, 
healing through sound. Yeah, well, in, in many areas, even in the medical field. I mean, it's, it's interesting because music is kind of like the forgotten child, in a sense, because how oh, every single person in the world has a song that when they hear it, it reminds them of when they were 15, or it gets them through a breakup, or it's a dedication at a wedding. Music has so much power for everyone. And we, a lot of people kind of take that aspect for granted because you're just so used to hearing music your whole life. And when you kind of start looking at why it has that effect on the brain, on the body, and kind of dissecting it, you kind of start to see where all that healing really takes place. And music, you know, throughout history, I mean, even, you know, when they play, you know, Mozart to babies in the womb and kids studying in college, it activates all these receptors in your brain. It helps, you know, flow, the flow of your heart, the flow of your blood. It slows down your, your blood pressure. There's so many things. Just normal music does that alone just by itself. So when you take that and really hone in on that healing aspect, it's it's a whole new world. It's beyond just what normal music is. Well, it's funny because I am anybody who knows me knows how much I hate going to the dentist. I I just I can't. Yeah. I yeah. I sit in that chair and I start to sweat and my nerves go crazy <laughs> and I yeah. get so tight and it's like, oh my God, what you know, I just lose all my energy just from one appointment with the dentist. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God, it's horrible. But when they came out with, thank God, when they came out with, like, they would hook you up to headphones, you know, they had either the little CD, whatever they had years ago. I was like, oh, do you want to listen to music? I'm like, oh, you have music? Yes, please. Anything to take my mind off of this. And it was was great. It was better than the, the Novocaine because the music, when I just went with the music, went into the music, I, I wasn't uptight. I wasn't tense. I wasn't. I was relaxed, and it, it made yeah. it made me and the dentist everything go much better. And uh, <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was great way back when. Well, yeah. I mean, the key right there you said yourself is it took your mind off of it, and when you target the music for that specific reason, it kind of takes over a lot of people when they meditate, you know, or they're learning to meditate, that's their first hurdle is, you know, my brain keeps going and I keep thinking and all that stuff, which is completely normal when you're getting started. But what music does is it helps to take that away. It quiets your mind. When you learn to be mindful of the sound you're hearing and almost look at the sound itself as a meditation and listen to the resonance of, you know, the note till the very end of that note falls off and you don't hear it anymore. And then listening to the silence in between the note, all of that helps you because you're focusing on the sound, not on your thoughts anymore. And the next thing you know, you're in that, that meditative state pretty much. So it's a, it's a really great modality even for people who are just learning to meditate and trying to connect with their inner self because it does help to quiet the mind. It slows your heart rate. Your heart rate will sink to what's happening in the music. It'll lower your blood pressure. It'll slow your breathing. And it's almost instantaneous 
as long as, you know, a listener is really tuning in to that, it, it happens pretty fast. So it's, it's starting to get more recognition because of that, I think. Right, right. Yeah, because a lot of my students, we start off, we do the Reiki meditations, and then when I recommend that they, you know, meditate at home, they're like, I don't know how. And I always tell them, start off with the guided meditation because they're following the words of the meditation. And following the words of the meditation takes them out of their own monkey mind, so to speak. So that frees it up yeah. a bit. Yeah, and then I'll absolutely. tell them to start, start then doing a breathing meditation, which really isn't that hard, you know, just focusing no. on the in-breath and the out-breath. And another thing people think about meditation is they have to sit there for like a half an hour or an hour. And yeah. basically five minutes will do it. It's a, it's a good way to start. Three to five minutes yeah, is, is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes that's all you need is that, that little five-minute break to yourself to kind of refocus and get grounded. And, that, you know, yeah. the more you do that daily, the more you get attuned to that and you get used to that feeling that you can go for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. It's, it just becomes a natural progression the more you do it. It's, it's got to be a part of your regimen every day to really get oh, to yeah. that place. You know? Right, right. So, um, and, and just listening to, like I said, this, the third eye chakra meditation of yours was fantastic. <clears throat> I mean, I love it. And um, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what is the album that that came from? That's 1,050 Petals. Okay. That whole album is a chakra album. Each song is for each chakra. Um, but that gets, it gets pretty in-depth. There's a lot under the, under the surface of that album. Right. So with that album, I incorporated what um, what's called binaural beats. Some people may know what that is. For those of you who don't, binaural beats is a way of taking two audio tones and you kind of set them the proper space apart as in frequency. One goes in your left ear, one goes in your right. And when you have you know, a set frequency or a set target, which would be like alpha state or a theta state, which is primarily the meditative state that your brain resonates to. These two little sound waves cause a confusion in your brain. And your brain starts to hear the difference of the two. And that difference would be the intended state, whether it's theta, theta, or alpha, which just completely puts you in a meditative state on its own. So with the chakra album, each chakra has a note, you know, a frequency that resonates that aspect or that area of the body. Right. So each binaural beat on every song of that album is specifically tuned to that chakra. So not only are you getting the frequencies and vibrations of the music itself, but you're getting an underlying binaural beat that helps open up that chakra and release any blocks that you might have. So it's it's a pretty intense healing, that album. You know, for those who maybe want to work on just one chakra, you can do that for a month. You can listen to the song every other day for a month until you feel it's time to move to the next. Or you could sit and listen to all of them, one after the other, and go through your whole chakra system. So there's a lot to be discovered on that album. And, you know, there's energy on 
on every album or, you know, that's contained in the recording. So, you know, the way I look at it is when it's out there, you're going to be drawn to what you need. So you may just need, you know, the root chakra for a while and you may forget about the, the album for a year and then something happens and maybe, you know, you need to work on your throat chakra. So it's something that's going to always be available to you when you need it. And that's right. kind of the nice thing, you know. Right. And when you think about it, like I said at the beginning, a lot of people, <clears throat> it's like, oh, how do I want to put this? It's like sound healing is almost like the middle child, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It gets forgotten. And but when you think about it, we're all energy. And if we're all energy, we all vibrate all the time. Absolutely. You don't realize that you're vibrating, but, I mean, you know, we do. And so if we all vibrate, then if something's off, if we're out of, I don't know, could you call it vibrational alignment? Um, oh, yeah, why not? I mean... Sound healing would be like your chiropractor. Yeah, that's a good way right? to look at it, yeah. Yeah, yeah because yeah, you go to fine. a chiropractor, he adjusts your spine which then adjusts, you know, the, the nerves coming off the spine to the specific organs, et cetera, et cetera. So you get a full physical body adjustment and alignment, and the sound healing would be kind of the same. But Well, yes, yeah. I mean, I look at it as like, especially as a musical metaphor, is we're all instruments. You know, we're instruments of the divine. Right. And if you pick up a guitar and it's, one string is out of tune and you try to play a chord, it's not a chord anymore because that string is out of tune. Right. So we need to be in tune too. In order to be a harmonious instrument, we have to have all our strings in tune. And when you work with energy and, you know, I mean, sound is energy too. You know, it's vibration, right. which is energy. So that's why, you know, sound healing is so integral and works so well. Because we match the energy, you know, that you're hearing in the room or on a, a song, your body is going to match that energy or the music is going to try to help you match that energy. And it's it's pretty simple because like, you, you really don't have to put much effort in. You kind of just let it do the work for you. You just have to be open enough to let it do the work, you know? Right, right. It's really funny because I started writing poetry back in uh, 2010, and I would notice, this is almost like people would say, oh, I love the way you write. I'm like, you know, it's really not me, because it was like the poetry was being channeled through me. I would be minding my own business, and all of a yeah. sudden I would start to get words that would come into my consciousness, or I would, I would hear them, you know, um, I'm queer audience from birth, so I hear spirit, and I would start to hear a couple of words. Before you knew it, it was a full-blown poem. But I started to take notice of something about two years ago. Every time I was listening to music, the music was like the match that lit the fire because I would be listening to music, which I do a lot because I love music. I come from a musical family. My dad was a musician. And um, I'd be listening to music, and all of a sudden, wham! You know, a poem would come, but, you know, much more um, powerfully than if I was, say, driving the car or just reading a book or, you know, doing something else. The power behind the poems that came along the musical notes was not to be believed. 
So well, yeah, it's it's interesting you said that because you know, the way I work with sound is is the same in nature. Where when I create music or a live sound healing, that is essentially what I'm doing is channeling. So I just kind of let myself become a clear channel, much like when you're giving Reiki, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just let spirit come through, ask for, you know, whatever is being created to be for the good of everyone who listens, and it just flows to the point where while I'm creating the music, I'm really not even aware musically of what I'm creating until I'm finished. And then I listen, and I'm like, oh, okay, I understand, you know? Wow. It just comes straight through. And I try to, I think that's important, though, in any modality is getting yourself out of the way, you know, because right. we all do have energy and maybe you're having a bad day or you're having a great day, whatever the case, when you're doing healing work, you don't want whatever is attached to you to be coming through for someone else on the receiving end. So. I think it's the most important thing out of anything is allowing yourself and learning how to be that clear channel to let the healing really come through. Like it's almost like it's not me making the music, you know, it really doesn't even feel like I am. I just let it flow and it comes from, you know, divine or whoever's coming through at that time. And that's, that's just how it goes. You know, it's keep it as pure as possible so that whoever may be listening is getting the purest possible healing from the sound. Right. Now, if someone came to you and said, look, Rick, I want to do like, I want to do a Reiki session with the sound healing. Um, mm-hmm. What what would something like that entail? What would you do during that session? Well, I mean, essentially I would, you know, I set up my stuff. I sage, I clean clear my energy completely. I go into a meditation. Initially, I give all the instruments Reiki and bless all the instruments so that everything is free of any kind of odd vibration. Everything's basically on like a clean slate energetically. Mm-hmm. And then I just ask for spirit to come through to give exactly what the room needs in that present moment, and it just starts happening. So sometimes it may be I could be on a, a gong for 20 minutes. Other times I could be hitting bowls for 20 minutes or playing drums or it's just whatever is needed in that room and in that energetic space mm-hmm. comes through. So it's different every single time. It's never the same. It's really what was needed in that room or whatever, whatever is happening energetically in that room to be of the, you know, the highest healing for, for that situation. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, you know, I, I, I would love to uh, learn sound healing, but I, I don't. I have so many other things going on at the moment. It keeps getting back burned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I've seen it where they lay bowls out on a person's entire body. Then I've seen them use just one bowl, and um, I've seen brass bowls, I've seen crystal bowls. I, I just I didn't know if there was a certain kind of protocol to sound healing or you just do what feels right. Well, I guess it depends on on the the sound healer. I mean, there's there's, you know, a portion or an aspect of, of sound healers that use just crystal bowls or, 
use just Tibetan bowls. And they're all good. They're all healing tools. But I look at music as it's, it's just a vehicle. It's a way to help people transform. It's not a cure for anything, but it's a way to help people get in tune with themselves. And it's up to the, right. the person to do the work on their end. So at the end of the day, the most important thing, I think, is intention. So if your intention is to genuinely, from your heart, help someone heal or help them transform, then it doesn't necessarily matter what you use. It's kind of how you use it, really. I mean, they, they're all different, and you can maybe specifically target something with, you know, one bowl or one instrument or another. But I kind of like to have a broad palette because I don't know what's going to happen in those moments or what spirit's going to want to do. So the more things I have at my disposal, I feel the more, you know, solid the message that I'm getting comes through because they have all these things at their disposal to come through me with, you know. As if I just had two crystal bowls, then that's all it's ever going to be is those two crystal bowls. So I, you know, I have like a vast assortment of tools that spirits could kind of pick and choose from. Oh, my God, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I find the same thing. Like people ask me about crystals and Reiki, and I said, well, you know what, back in Mikao Sui's day, they didn't, he didn't teach, he didn't use crystals, he didn't teach that you had to do uh, crystal work. But, you know, it's perfectly fine if a practitioner feels like if the practitioner is into crystals, as am I, I, I adore crystals, my house is full of crystals, and it's only natural for me to work with crystals when I do Reiki. Some Reiki sessions I will place a couple of crystals, two to four some Reiki sessions, I'll place a bunch of crystals. And some Reiki sessions, I will not place any crystals. It's what I feel that person, that body needs for healing at the time. You know, so right, yeah, exactly. Like you said, exactly. Every session is different. It's, they're like snowflakes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So now... Yeah, I mean, you, and you know, we both practice Reiki, so it's... That's why, you know, going back to the beginning is Reiki has been so integral for me because it's coming from that headspace of channeling and that is really applied to the sound healing. So it's that same principle you that you use, I use, just in a different way with sound, pretty much. All right. And the main principle is we're open channels. So we're accepting yeah. and allowing and we're ready. Put the ego in the back seat, maybe in the trunk. <laughs> Yeah, definitely in the trunk. <laughs> definitely in the trunk, in a box with a yeah. log on. And yeah. um, <laughs> we just allow it to flow. As a matter of fact, you know, I tell my students this. Mikao Sui yeah. started with the five head positions that he used. And then from that point going forward, you know, Usui Sensei did his Reiki totally intuitively until Dr. Hayashi came down with the hand positions, but before that, he was doing his work intuitively, which is another thing that Reiki is all about. As you practice it, each day, your intuition grows, and the more your intuition grows, and the more of an open channel you are, the more divine the information is that's flowing. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. that that's pretty much been my experience on this on this journey because you know the first album is you know was starting to balance both you know the scientific aspects of sound and the channeling and the more I progressed and, and the more I worked with that I'm at the point where it's just pretty much all channeling at this point because I feel that's the best way to go it's the truest way to go and I could add you know this fact and that fact and this is proven and that I have all of that too but working intuitively is is something greater than ourselves and that's really where the true healing comes from right and you know what's really funny it's funny and it's ironic at the same time because you know it would be great for science and and science studies and metaphysical studies to come together and work as one but um i think we still are a far way away from that although medicine now is starting to realize that it's all about body, mind, soul. Your body is not a body apart from your mind and soul. And they're all connected. They're all interconnected, which it seems Eastern medicine has known this for a very, very long time. And Western medicine just has to catch up. But, you know, if you ever think of it from a, and I think about this a lot, being um, psychic and being very intuitive, If you go against, I always say your gut is your internal GPS system. If you get a a feeling in your gut, then you have to go with it. You come into trouble, and a lot of psychics, a lot of readers get into trouble when you stop and think. I don't want to say thinking is bad, because it's not. (laughs) There are certain times where you have to not think at all and just go with the flow. And Absolutely. Well, it's a big lesson for a lot of people. Yeah, because if you're giving a message to someone that you received intuitively, because I remember when I started out with this and I would get, you know, messages to people while they're on the table, and I'm like, how am I going to deliver this message? This person's going to think I'm a lunatic. Um, yeah. You know, but, but as I was trained early on, you have to deliver the messages. So Absolutely. as I... As I was doing the Reiki, the message would come through loud and clear. But when I was younger, a a message would come through that, to my logic, to my mind, thinking minds, that kind of stuff, didn't make sense. So I didn't give the message. Or, you know, for fear of being wrong, I didn't give the message. And it would, you know, as as I got better and better at what I did and more professional – uh, and my, my best friend helped in this. He's like, you have to deliver the message whether or not it makes sense to you or not. Just go with the flow. Yeah. And I started doing that. And I found that most of the time, whether the person acknowledged it right there in the reading or right there in the session, nine times out of ten, that person would come back to me or call me six months down the road, a year down the road. Do you remember when you said this and this and I said it didn't make sense? Well, I met a person with that name or what you saw happening, it actually did happen. So you have to follow the intuition and the gut. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, a big part of that is, is learning to surrender, which isn't always an easy yes. thing to learn, but it is. It's, it's never it's an easy thing the to process. learn. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it took me a while to 
I went through that same phase and, you know, because it's there and it's not, oh, you know, your brain gets in the way and you want to question, am I right, am I wrong, and you right. look for validation. And that's, yeah. you know, you got, sometimes you have to kind of go through that. But in the end, it's it's almost like set it and forget it. Like, just go with it and just exactly. trust the process because, you know, I don't know, when you, when your brain gets too involved and you question everything, you're not allowing the things to come through as they should. And 99.9% of the time, that initial thought is right. Right. You know, so I, when, you, I, when you question it, you, you know, you're kind of almost messing with it in a sense, you know. You, oh, you're definitely you messing it. with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I did a counseling session today and, and, and the person was even told, let it go. And I kept saying, yeah, let it go. And she's like, okay. And then she'd come around, like, come around the bend. But what about, I'm like, let it go. Well, <laughs> but then again, I'm like, no, let it go. You keep coming from different angles, which means you have not let it go. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. We don't ever well, yeah, really I mean, let it go. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's a good thing with music, too, is, Especially, like, say, with the Chakra album, is it's that's what it's about, is, is using that to help you let what doesn't serve you be released. And sometimes that isn't as easy as, oh, okay, this is happening to me, oh, all right, okay, bye. But what music will help you do is, you know, it will bring to the surface those issues, which can be tough sometimes, or it can be upsetting, or... It's a realization that maybe you buried, you know, in the back somewhere for the last 10 years. But in order for your body to come into alignment with your mind and your energy, you have to release these things that don't serve you. So music is a, is a really good way of kind of easing those things to the surface so that you can see them. But it's up to that person that when they do see them, that they take care of them. You know, you have to nurture it allow yourself to feel whatever you need to feel for that particular thing that's coming up so that you can let it go, you know? And that's, right. that's really a big part of the process. Yeah, like I guess I think music helps people on its own. Music goes very deep and can bring up in a person a lot of deeply hidden things and issues that, that they've been hiding all their lives. Music has a way... Maybe it's through the vibration of getting deep in there and getting in there and bringing it up to the surface. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if anybody hasn't heard of the book, The Messages in Water, that book, when I had first read it, it really sums it up. It, You know, a long story short is they took, you know, water molecules, and froze them under a microscope. But in the process of freezing, they would play one, let's say, classical music, and the other maybe something really aggressive like heavy metal. So as they would be forming into these crystals, they would be played various types of sounds, types of music. It would tell one you love it all day long, the other one you tell you hate it. So once they became these frozen little snowflakes, under a microscope, the ones that were given positive music, gentle music, happy music, 
they were beautiful, perfect, geometric shapes. The ones that were played negative things were all discombobulated, no geometry at all. Nice. And in essence, it's to show that when we hear vibration or sound or even words, it does affect us on a cellular level. You know, there's a difference between, hey, you look beautiful, and yeah, you look beautiful, you know? So right. it affects you. One's going to make you upset. One's going to make you happy. It hits you on a cellular level. And music completely does that, and most people aren't conscious of that. You know, so, so when you kind of become conscious of that, it, I mean, it's funny, you know, growing up as a, as a teenager, I was into a lot of rock, and I still am. I have nothing against rock or anything, but it's fairly aggressive music. And as I progress with sound healing, I just don't listen to that stuff anymore, not because it's not good, mm-hmm. but it's it's really, it just doesn't resonate right with me anymore because that vibration kind of feels icky, you know? I don't <laughs> want that kind of vibration anymore. So the more you kind of realize that, the more you're aware of the sounds around you, the way people speak to you, the way you speak to yourself internally, externally, and you start to change that, your own vibration in that sense. And that's, you know, it's, it's really being mindful of sound in general, whether it's birds or, you know, the construction of the block, <laughs> you know. Right. So really keeping in mind about, there. You were talking about the book Hidden Messages in Water. That's the one that was written by uh, Masaru Emoto, right? Yes. Yeah, Dr. Emoto. Okay. Yeah, that's a great book. Great um, Absolutely. And it, it's funny. When I was young, I mean, when I was like five years old, I heard, I'll never forget because it's my favorite, favorite composition, I heard Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. Oh, my God. I love that. That's actually my favorite, too. That's my favorite. I mean, I love all classical. I love all music, but that is my favorite beyond favorite, and I loved it. And I said to my father, I want to learn how to play piano because I wanted to learn how to make that music that I loved so much that touched me so deeply. And, um, of course, at 10 years old, I was given a piano for my birthday, which was great. But and my father would say, you're such a weirdo. Because my father loved to improvise. He loved jazz because you could improvise a lot with jazz. And that's yeah, just how he vibrated. And I was like, he's like, don't you want to do this? And he would, like, play some jazz. And I'm like, no. And I was like, maybe he didn't vibrate to that because that was like, ew, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I really vibrated towards classical. So, um, yeah. yeah, everybody vibrates to a different thing. We're all on a different uh, channel, I guess. Well, you know what it is, too, is, you know, there's a lot of different aspects you can go in that uh-huh. conversation. Uh-huh. But, like, a lot of classical music wasn't written in the same tuning as modern music. Right. So when you tune an instrument now the note A equals 440 hertz. And that's like the standard American tuning. But in Indian music and classical music, they use completely different tunings. And one that's kind of becoming popular now is 432 hertz, which dates back to like Gregorian monks and classical music from like the 1800s. And when you tune A to 432 it's a whole nother world because now all the notes 
that you could play are at a different frequency than most people, let's say, in America are used to. Right. And those frequencies in 432 actually correspond to frequencies of the planets and geometric shapes, and there's a whole other world out there just from changing oh. and tuning. So you might be drawn to classical because the 432 hertz vibration may be, you know, triggering something nice for you, which it's a completely different thing. The same song, you know, if you took Moonlight Sonata and played it at A440 versus 432, you would definitely feel a difference in vibration right away. So well, you might funny. be drawn to classical for that, you know, for the 432, which is kind of an agent tuning, which is, in my belief, more harmonious than, you know, 440. Well, it's funny. If my father thought I was weird liking classical music and Beethoven sonata, um, I loved. Then, as I got older, I, I was introduced to Gregorian chants, and I was in seventh heaven. So, <laughs> oh yeah, literally. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> literally, right? And there's yeah. something to that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, completely different ballgame. Is there another vibration? Because I don't know. I, I I saw the 432 hertz. Is there another one, like 458 or something like that? You're thinking of um, 528? Yeah, possibly. What is the 528? That's actually within um, the same kind of tuning. They use that a lot for uh, DNA repair. Uh And it's also apparently the frequency of the heart. Okay. That's kind of the, the 528 or whatever. But that can be found in, in those different tunings. And there's also 444 hertz, which is like an ascended master number. And you could find, if you tune an instrument to 444 hertz, within the note scale, you'll also find 1,111 hertz. But oh. 444 hertz becomes a bunch of frequencies that are of like ascended masters and all these other your realm. So there's a lot you can do. There's a lot that can be done with sound. And I feel like everybody who does this is kind of getting that now and exploring it. And and that's a beautiful thing because it's, you know, it is a medicine of sorts. And I do think, you know, Edgar Casey said that a long time ago, that sound is going to be the new medicine. And I do believe it will be that as awareness grows and people start to explore different tunings and different vibrations, you know, the more we do that and the more we help people become aware of what they can do with it, the more it will be used for sure. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to take a very short break and then we will be back and get into more of this with you. Hang on, people. We'll be back in a moment.
You're listening to Violet Reiki Radio on the Seika Network through blogtalkradio.com with your host, Reiki Sheehan, Rose Jimenez. Your source for all things Reiki in love, light, and healing. Okay, I'm back with Black Cat and Toe. Has just come up on the desk here. Mom, I wanna, I wanna be part of the show. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, so now, tell me, Rick, what are the kinds of things that you do? Do you have um, like groups of sound healing, or do you go to different places and have? Is like if somebody wanted to sign up uh, on your mailing list to be able to experience, like, a group sound healing or something. Yeah, we do that, too. Um, I pretty much go wherever spirit will take me. So, at least if it's in New York, for now. You're like a um, human yeah, kite. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's different in all aspects. So, you know, when I'm writing music, that's mm-hmm. kind of its own thing, and I feel that's more of a global message. Right. And then... My fiance and I, you know, conduct or host Reiki, sound healing, and meditation groups. So, okay. you know, we combine all of those modalities together where people can come, experience live sound healing with Reiki, and do guided meditation, and private healings, too. I mean, so whatever is really called for, you know, if it's someone in need of help, I'm more than happy to, to be a part of it. To get on your mailing list, Rick, what should they do? Uh, visit the pranasoundstudio.com? Yeah, exactly. You just go right onto the website. You can sign up. It'll actually pop up for you. All right. So if you guys out there want to experience Rick's uh, sound healing and uh, Reiki and everything or want to be apprised of whatever Rick is doing at the moment, because I'm sure he's got a thousand irons in a hot fire. Uh, go, <laughs> go over to his website and get on his mailing list. I know I am. So um, go over there and, and get on the mailing list, and uh, this way you can keep a price to what's going on and, and be part of it. And yeah, like or I you said, could go on, um, you could go on the Facebook page, too. It's Prana Sound Studio if you just search it on Facebook. You know, I'll make sure I'll post links to everything if anyone's interested. Yep. And, uh, okay, that's good. And you could also, like I said before, uh, you can visit him at soundcloud.com backslash Rick Bader, B-A-T-Y-R, for his music, which I suggest you listen to and get a hold of soon. Um, speaking <laughs> of Rick's music... I have a sample for you guys. We're going to take a listen. And um, I forgot the name of it already, Rick. What did I say I was going to be oh, posting? Shamanic here? Sound Journey? Right. This is Shamanic Sound Journey, guys. And you're only going to get like five minutes of it. I'm sorry. But this is so you get a grasp of what Rick's wonderful music is like. Here we go. Thank you. 
And there we have a small sample of Rick's music. Wow. That was a lot of different sounds. That was really cool. Yeah, that that song is actually 40 minutes. It's um, a live channeled recording. So that goes on for, you know, <laughs> quite a while. Um, but that is well, a... When you said live channeled recording, mm-hmm. you were channeling that as you were playing it and yeah. someone was recording it? Yeah, well, I'm an engineer too, so I, I kind of set up everything beforehand, all the microphones oh, and whatever. Okay. And then I hit record, I sit down, I meditate, and just let it come through. And whatever comes, comes. A divine mudslide. It, I yeah. love it. Yeah, it turned <laughs> out to be 40 minutes long, and I didn't. I didn't want to cut it or edit it, so what you hear on that recording is completely as it happened in the moment, no editing or overdubs or anything. It was all live, just me, and, and that's uh, pretty much it, you know? That's fantastic. I have a caller, and I think I know who this is. Joseph, is that you? It is, it is I, Rosie. How are you? Good evening. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. At the moment you mentioned about your friend telling you to let give out what you get, I was thinking about that in my mind. So you see, we're still connected on a telepathic wavelength. <laughs> I want to tell you, I enjoyed this show immensely. As you know, I'm a musician for many years, Southern Italian folk music from the 13th century on to 18th, 19th century wow. music. And I wanted to point out and share this with Rick, that you know we use in the Southern Italian folklore and in healing going back to, I don't even know, maybe the 13th, 14th century, and in later years, as everyone knows, the Italian folk dance, the Tarantella, which has become a folk dance, it's a wedding dance. Uh, that actually was used and still used today in parts of southern region of Italy and Puglia as a healing dance for depression, uh, especially wow. among young women years ago when women were repressed, you know, uh, society repressed them in that culture. Uh, and it, it's actually really used till today. And the group that I perform with, I don't know if you ever heard of Alessandro Belloni and the, the 
Justice of the Square. She does workshops all over here in Europe and teaching women with percussion instruments and all our old Italian folk instruments. I play the diatonic accordion as well as percussions, uh, different tambourines and drums. But we actually use it as a, a healing means and modality of healing. And in some cultures, we need exorcism dance, those that believe in negative energies or you want to call it evil spirits. So and music is the great part. Musicians would travel all around Italy and Southern Europe uh, playing this fast tempo music with different instruments of the day, especially a lot of percussion drums, is you know snare drums and tambourines to exercise or get rid of the negative energy. And again, music was the great healer. So we still practice and use that as a, an art healing form of uh, you know getting rid of negative energy and healing negative emotions. And you know we don't use the psychological terms. Or today, those of us that are educated know the deeper psychology of it. But as musicology. Right. But it is definitely a healing tool, and I love what you do. And I'm definitely going to follow you on um, Facebook and and get one of your uh, recordings because I think it's wonderful what you do, Rick. And uh, thank you so much to you. Thank you. You're welcome. Lovely. Sir. All right. Thanks for calling, Joseph. All right, Rose. I enjoyed this show the best so far. All right. Okay. All right. Keep up the good work. Bye bye. Okie dokie. Yeah, I used to run around with get him get his accordion repaired, and not everybody could repair that type of accordion. <laughs> and oh my God! Well, Rick, yeah. it has been wonderful having you on the show here. Keep writing that Thank music. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we'll have you back again sometime. I and would love to. As I said, keep writing, keep channeling. It's a wonderful thing. Thank and you so much for having me. It's such a good time. Yeah, thank you for honoring me. And I will see you, I guess, around Facebook. Thank oh, you, you all for, <laughs> Thank you all for listening this evening. And those of you in the chat room, uh, I know you guys were in there. I saw you. I said hello. And everybody have a wonderful weekend in love, light, and healing. And as I said, next week we're having Dr. Sheldon Mark Feldman who is the chief of breast surgery over at Columbia University, and Dr. Feldman uses Reiki in his operating room. So be sure and tune in next week. And have a pleasant evening, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night, Rick. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Zuby.